and welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host Justin Baker joining me as the playoffs are very much underway. We are at either game four or game five for actually, sorry, we're, we're at game five for every series, right? Game four has been played in every series um, up to this point. Some have even had game fives played. So we are going to give you our biggest surprises of each series so far. Uh, give you our thoughts on the series uh, up to this point. We know we're hold on, Justin. Hi. I mean, like, you Damn know what? I, I listened to our last show and I was like, oh, dang, I went, took so long before I, before I not let you talk before, but before I was like, shut the fuck up and actually uh, allowed you to get an ed, a word in edgewise. So I want to let you talk before I ramble. So, uh, hi. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's nice to be noticed and remembered. Um, so thank you. It's well, great. Yeah, if I don't, if I can't remember the one person who does this with me, then I'm in big trouble. <laughs> well, you'll be doing it solo from here on out. Is what will oh, happen. Gosh. <laughs> uh, you can call up Luke Paul and see. Oh what he's no, doing. that that won't happen. No, <laughs> no. I've tried to get him to do something. You know, like hey, let's do a Leafs thing, and no, he's he's like oh, I'm too busy, and I'm like well. You're not, you're not like you have the time. You just have filled it with other things. Anyways, <laughs> I remember the one time he did come on the show though, to talk leaps. Yeah. It was maybe like three or four years ago for, yeah. for the playoffs. He was in town visiting. That's the, right. But now that butthead is, is living. Here, now he so lives he, he here. He doesn't have yeah. an excuse. <laughs> lives in Ann Arbor for sure. Um, well, okay. So anyways, we'll, 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 uh, we'll just let that, we'll let that die. And if Luke, if Luke's listening to the show, then, you know, you, you've been, you've been called out. It's time to get your act together. Um, let's talk these first two series tonight. So we we're recording this on Thursday at about 5 PM. So we know tonight is a huge game five for both the Tampa Bay lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs as well. The Winnipeg jets and the Vegas golden Knights, because the Golden Knights and the Leafs could close their series out tonight. And obviously we don't know the outcome of that. Chances are you're listening to this. You know uh, who won game five between those two teams, as well as the Rangers and the Devils. But uh, that series will live on regardless of the outcome. So we wanted to talk those two first two series first, just in case you're listening to this and you're like, well, I already know that series is over. Well, we, we still want to give you our thoughts on the series um, up to this point. I, 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 you know, things can obviously change. Uh, but at this point, I mean, I think our biggest surprises probably wouldn't change. So, uh, Justin, what's your biggest surprise? Let's start with the Leafs and the Lightning. Biggest surprise so far in the Leafs and Lightning series? Honestly, it's the poor goaltending. Um, you know, I know we looked at the numbers. I think it was the last game. It was game four when they were showing up on the screen, basically the combined, you know, save percentage from this year and last year. Vasilevsky has been terrible. It's like an 860 something, I believe. Yeah. Um, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but basically against every other team, it's been like a 920. I mean, he's been playing phenomenal hockey, but when it comes to the Leafs, he's just not doing well. And and so you wonder like, okay, well, what happened last year, right? The Leafs just couldn't close it out, I think. This year, obviously, things are a little bit different. I think they're getting such balanced scoring up and down the lineup, and um, it's nice to see, um, you know, I mean, obviously my prediction is coming true right now, Leafs in five. Um, I'm hoping by the time I'm really you, hoping you're right. <laughs> but but again, it, it just goes back to how terrible the goaltending has been. You look at Tampa Bay put up seven in the first game, Toronto seven in the second, uh, four and five in games three and four. So there's a lot. I mean, it's just high scoring. And yes, that's where the NHL is, has been trending. But you figured with, you know, Toronto, who's been playing so good defensively throughout most of the year. Um, especially the last half of the year. And then, of course, Tampa with we, – we know how good Bassey is in the playoffs, traditionally speaking. Uh, it's just surprising to me that, you know, it's been a high-scoring affair like this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's to me, it's not surprising that it's a high-scoring affair, but just how um, the Leafs have been able to expose Vasilevsky from these shots from the point, uh, they've really – bit them you know you've got Derek Lalone on the intermission talking about I'd love how, that yeah how how basically they had to game plan or their defense around this and of course John Tord or John uh, Cooper was like no that's not true at all and you're like why in the world would he lie <laughs> <laughs> what, what reason does he have to lie he 
obviously no he I mean he won two Stanley Cups and was there for another like a finals run uh he was obviously there like he has no reason to lie about that but anyways that was just that was just a weird like why you play that off and why you don't just go yeah I mean I think it's pretty uh pretty lame that he would that he would kind of share that that like you you could say that if you're, you know, if you're annoyed, like, man, this, you know, hey, this guy is with us for so many years and uh, now he gets his chance to to talk and he's going to kind of throw us under the bus. Really appreciate that after helping your career. That's where I would have gone, <laughs> which would have been pretty well, What nice. I would have done is I would have stuck, um, gosh, why am I blanking on the name for the old wings coach? Um, oh, my gosh. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, that's an assistant now in Tampa. Why? The frick can I think of his name? Oh, you're talking about. Uh, D- uh, oh my god! Oh, who who is a? Oh my gosh, who's the assistant coach in Tampa Bay? Well, we don't know. Yeah, Jeff Blashill. Uh, oh, Blashill. Oh, okay. I yeah, yeah. honestly, I I was like, well, it's not Blash. I didn't. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So Blashill yeah, was a coach. I mean, he was a head coach for the Wings. So what I would have done if I was John Cooper, I would have thrown Blashill out there and be like, why don't you just go say something about? how terrible, you know, this, this person is on the wings or something, you know, maybe bad mouth the wings just a little bit. Right. And just create a little bad blood because same division. That would have been great for rivalry. Remember back uh, when the, when the lightning was owned by the same person that owned the Pistons. Yes. And, and there was like bad blood between the red wings and the lightning because of it or something. Do you remember? Yes. Weird. Um, yeah, well, back then, the Lightning were, you know, they were decent, but they weren't a, a perennial contender, right? I mean... Well, they won the Stanley Cup when the the Red Wings were really good, but they didn't well, yeah. play the Wings in the final, so... That was the year that they went to the final was... Uh, who did they play? Calgary. Oh, Calgary, that's right. And Calgary beat Detroit, right? Calgary uh, beat Detroit in round yeah, two that year. Kippersoft beat everybody is yes, what happened. Yes, <laughs> Uh Yeah, so I'll, I'll say my biggest surprise of this series has really like it's not a surprise that Mitch Marner's played really well but to me you know based on previous playoffs you know he's he's punching above his weight where he's been in the past at about like just under a point per game in the playoffs and right now he's at what two, 2. like 5. over 2 point yeah 2.5 points per game um just fantastic and Crazy enough, I, I still think, even though he is the driver, um, you know, Austin Matthews in game four is the reason that the Leafs were able to take that game over. Uh, but Austin Matthews doesn't get that opportunity without Mitch Marner. So it's like Mitch Marner is, is he's not necessarily, he's, he's not necessarily the engine. I think that Austin Matthews is the engine, but without that starter in Mitch Marner, you don't get the engine going at all. And and that's exactly what Marner does. He's like the absolute perfect complement for Matthews. And uh, Marner's just been phenomenal. Uh, Ten points. You know, if he if he keeps doing that, he'll probably you know he ends up with 12, 12 points. Even if the Leafs win that series in five, they're <laughs> he's just looking so good. Uh, odds on early favorite for uh, for the Conn Smythe if the Leafs were to win the the cup, which I know is a long way off, but. Uh, he has just been surprisingly productive uh, for the playoffs, which I'm really, which I'm happy for him because uh, it's kind of about time that he's he's getting his due here. Kind of about time, I love it. Kind of about time. Uh, Any uh, what you know? I, you mentioned the goaltending for this series, and I actually don't think that Samsonov has played poorly outside of that first game. That first game was was bad. Uh, but inside that first game, I I think that you can you look at him and you go, I mean, you've he's played as good as you can ask, and honestly, I mean, Tampa Bay could could just as easily be up three one in this series. That's just how tight it's been. Uh, Leafs have come back in two games in a row in in Tampa, like almost unfathomable to be able to do that. But uh, here we are, and you know, Tampa Bay's on the brink. Surprisingly enough, they are on the brink of losing their second straight series. For the first time in a very long time, to lose two series in a row, um, it just is. Uh, it, it's hard to bet against Tampa. Still, you know, for this going into this game five, you you just you wonder if Tampa's able to get through this game five. What does it look like going beyond that? And that's that's got to be the scary thing for the Leafs. And 
I, I would expect that they will come out and do their damnedest to try and win this game and, and call it good because you don't want to give Tampa Bay an inch. Well, so here's the question, right? If you're Toronto, is your game plan to go and attack Tampa, right? Just go at them like you have been all series? Or do you hang back and just kind of wait for Tampa to make mistakes and try to capitalize? And Well, here I don't think that they can they're, – they're not going to get another comeback victory. Like, it's three games in a row, you're not coming back down two goals or more. Uh, I mean, I suppose it's possible, but it's just not the position you want to put yourself in. Uh, so I think getting the first goal is crucial. And and then the second goal and yeah and and just kind of putting them away early. I, I think that with the with the home crowd, you're going to just be looking to win that first period. And if you can win the first period, I you know you might get and start creeping into these guys' heads a little bit. And ultimately, is this just not a a result of maybe Tampa being playing so many games? On top of that, losing Chernak. Headman missed the game. You know, all these little injuries that maybe they've stacked themselves up over the years have are just starting to show like hey, this is this is why it's it's so hard to win multiple years in a row, let alone make it to the finals what four years in a row or or, or even have four incredibly successful runs in a row. It's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, like you, you don't said, see it. Yeah, it's it's I think time's just catching up on them and you got to think it's just starting to wear down now and so, you know. And my god, are, could time not be ca- like the other <laughs> the opposite way like is time not catching up with the Leafs? Like eventually this team this team is go- a damn good team. Right. Yeah, you can't lose in the first round this many years in a row every right? single I mean, time. Just- <laughs> like eventually they they truly have been one of the most unlucky teams in sports. Well, I look at this series almost like like Pittsburgh and Washington, right? I mean, for so long, Washington yes, yes, couldn't beat Pittsburgh, true. and eventually they were just going to break through. And this is this is Toronto's breakthrough in the first round kind of situation. You've literally been trying, like, for the last three years, trying to figure out how you can beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, <laughs> <laughs> and it's finally worked. Maybe I mean it worked at least three times so far. Now, now you got to get the fourth. And I do like Austin Matthews coming out and like, Hey, the fourth one's the hardest one to get. And, and that's the one we haven't gotten yet. So, um, we got to be on top of this, but, Oh, so many things we could talk about in that series too. And, and I'm sure we will once, uh, a little bit more is clear in that series, like Ryan O'Reilly and all the additions. To, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many players that have been integral to, uh, the Leafs gaining that, you know, winning the first, winning the three games, anyway. So, uh, but we'll as the, when that series closes out, I'm sure we'll break that down a little bit more. Um, let, let's move over to that. Oh, uh, do you want to give your prediction? Oh, my prediction. Well, I have yes. to stick with my. You're five going games. with five. Yeah, you're going They're with winning. your game yeah. five. Yeah, winning I did two. pick them in ga- in six games, um, but I mean, I just I said this in the beginning of the series. I just want them to win and not have to sweat because they're playing so many games like just win it in five like i know every series has gone to freaking seven games you know the max amount of games like can we just let's just close this out call it good they could use the rest it would be fantastic especially as florida continues to beat up on boston um even that extra game maybe an extra two games if the florida panthers can push this one to seven and you know that could be a big advantage uh, having your guys rested, especially, you know, some of their, uh, some of their more veteran guys. So, uh, let's, let's go to Winnipeg and Vegas. Uh, this one, Vegas is up three, one, uh, may, maybe over, maybe Winnipeg tied it up, but what is your biggest surprise of the series in the first four games? Yeah, I essentially had two, um, I really had a hard time choosing, so I'm just going to give you both anyways. But, I mean, my first one, I, one for each team. I've got Mark Stone just playing so well coming back from injury, essentially not having played since January 12th. He steps in and looks like he's been playing all se- or season long, right? He hasn't missed a beat, um, comes in. I mean, he's averaging 20 minutes a night right now. So, uh, no doubt he is, you know, just on the throttle. And you can tell this team plays differently when they have a guy like him in the lineup the leadership he brings, that two-way game he brings, and not to mention, I mean, he's he's put up five points in four games, which is just great. I mean, this team is getting balanced scoring from everybody right now. 
Um, and then on the flip side for, for Winnipeg, my, my surprise that, you know, I just, I couldn't decide between was just that Hollabuck has just not necessarily been, I mean, he hasn't been bad. He's, he's done, I mean, he's played fine, but I, I expected him in order to give Winnipeg a chance to play like a 930, 925 save percentage type of game. And he just hasn't been, been putting up those numbers for me. Right. Uh, that's my biggest surprise of this series is just that Hellebuck has not played the way that he did in the regular season. That can be a result of having to play so much in the regular season. Um, it's catching up to them. And this has happened before as well. The Vegas Golden Knights, you know, they're, they're very familiar with Hellebuck, uh, all sorts of things. I, I think ultimately this is just a, a result of Vegas is the far superior team. Winnipeg, they had a nice little run, you know. They, they a new coach is in place. They they get a new uh, fire lit under their butt. They've got some talented players, but Josh Morrissey out. Hellebuck not playing. Hellebuck still he's still playing. He's still above average, but he needs to be far above that uh, in order for them to win. And you know, Vegas just has tremendous depth, and we haven't really felt that depth throughout the season because of the injuries that they've had. But yeah, now that Stone's back, Eichel's, Eichel's going, he's got three goals. Uh, Carlson's got three goals here in the first four games. They are buzzing. And they their, their depth at the center position, at the forward position, is really showing here. And Vegas is just the better team. I mean, Winnipeg can win game game five. And, and push this one back to Winnipeg. But I still think, at the end of the day, the Golden Knights are the better team. Even though I think I had the Jets in seven. You did, yeah. And, but, and you picked them because the reason I would have picked them would be because of Connor Hallibuck, right? Yeah. 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 Which, hey, uh, he hasn't stolen a game yet. Here we are in game five. You know, there's we'll, we'll see how he plays. But uh, ultimately... I just think Vegas has the depth and Winnipeg doesn't. They're, they're giving it a hell of a, a push, though. You know, they, they're definitely not giving up. They are, they're pushing the Golden Knights. Uh, I think that they're just, they just don't have the same, the same team depth that the Golden Knights have. So, or the same hot, like top end talent. I mean, as, as good as someone like Shifley is. I'm going to take Eichel over, over Shifley from a talent standpoint. You know, there's the way that they match up with so many players. And then you throw in that wild card of Chandler Stevenson, who can just shimmy up anywhere in that lineup. Uh, Winnipeg doesn't have anybody like that. So yeah. I, I think that just that's just what's happening. And, uh, and Vegas is likely going to move on because of that, regardless yeah. of what happens in game five. Well, so, so Vegas is essentially playing with their third string. Maybe even you might call him a fourth string goaltender in Brassois. Uh They're not playing Jonathan Quick, obviously. And, um, you know, I, obviously they, they're not playing Aiden Hill. You know, we know what with Robin Letter and Logan Thompson being out right now. So, you know, essentially they're down to their third or fourth goaltender in the lineup. And, and he, he's been playing at a 902 save percentage right now, which, again, isn't world beating. I mean, it isn't going to be you know, better, it's than not any better than <laughs> Well, yeah, I'll give you that. But it's, I mean, it's not any better than Hollibuck's been sure. playing. So okay. the difference is, like you mentioned, just that, that depth at the forward group that this this Vegas team has. I mean, you look at, you know, Mark Shifley right now, one goal, uh, and, and essentially it was a power play goal. So five on five, zero points right now uh, for him. And then, you know, again, you just, you look at some of these other four groups, they, you know, Mason Appleton, nothing right now. Logan Stanley, you know, I mean, on defense, nothing. But yeah. there's, there's a lot of guys with big fat zeros. Uh, Morgan Barron, I mean, granted, I'll give a tip of the cap to you for, for taking 75 stitches, but you're minus six with zero points right now. Um, that That's pretty bad, in my opinion. You're getting peeled apart right now. And, and you know, Niederreiter, minus five. So there's just, it's just, again, it's that depth at the Ford group that is not coming through for this this Winnipeg team, and that's the reason why they're they're playing behind in the series. Well, it's just it's also showing, hey, Winnipeg was a, was a decent regular season team they played well against bad teams and now they're playing a good team. They just can't hang. And that's, right. that's becoming evident. And on, honestly, Josh Morrissey being out, that's a, that's a dagger to the heart. And he's your, oh, he sure. was your best player all year. And uh, other than Hellebuck, your best skater. And with him out, you, you really don't stand any chance. So, uh, yeah, Winnipeg just un- unfortunately they hit a wall. <laughs> they hit a wall, and that wall is is the Golden Knights. Uh, 
All right, let's go to the Rangers and the Devils. They're playing game four, uh, game five tonight. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, we we, we oh, got to oh, oh. throw in our predictions oh, here really quick. Oh, okay. We missed that. Yeah, I want to go. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm still going Vegas in six. I, I think you, you might be onto something with Hollabuck stealing a game. So well, I think, I think they'll get one. I mean, there's. I said Jets in seven. Uh, I really don't see that happening now. You know, obviously <laughs> that was a prediction with – uh, with everybody healthy and, and a hell of a buck playing well. I think that Vegas closes it out tonight in Vegas. This one's over. Okay. Uh, okay, to the Rangers and the Devils. They're playing game five in New Jersey. The away team has won every single game in this series, and after two 5-1 victories in game one and two for the Rangers, the Devils uh, flipped a script, and they, they storm back, tie the series at two, and we've got a best out of three. Uh, man, this this series has just been a uh, almost almost two different series from from the first two games to the next two. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, and that's that's probably my biggest surprise, right? Um, you know, just the difference that you know, again, being in New York versus being in New Jersey have been. Um, you know, when they they played both these games in New York, they've been low scoring affairs. You know, <laughs> clearly Shosturkin has been you know keeping the Rangers in it, but. Um, you know, when you look at the production from this Rangers forward group, right, Zabinajad only two points, Tarasenko two points, Panarin only two points, and, and you know, even and even more so, um, you know, it's just, you know, game four, they were they were mixing and matching these lineups, uh, you know, these lines all night long for the Rangers. And, and I, I remember watching it a couple points. I even think I texted you about this. You know, Shesterkin, I just watched him. He's passing the puck up the ice, you know, way past the second blue line because he's trying to push that offense and they just look stagnant. The Rangers did that, you know, that, that last game there in, in Madison square garden, no less. And so, um, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, maybe this is on, you know, Schmid, maybe, you know, he came in net for New Jersey and has kind of flipped the, the script a little bit and, you know, has their number. I don't know. Yeah. He's, uh, stopped 57 to 59 shots. So an, a, a nine sixty six save percentage, that's good. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Um, also, I mean, think of the game one and two, the Rangers went four for 10 on the power play and in game three and four, they went zero for eight and they only had 10 shots on the power play in those eight attempts. That's, that's just not enough, not enough offensive opportunity to, to like, to really make a difference on the power play. And that, that's the difference right there. You know, four goals. I mean, that's, that's a sweep. You know, if the Rangers are able to to go into uh, to, to at home score on the power play several times, that's that's a completely different series, and uh, that's really been what it is. And that's, I mean, that's Chris Kreider, right? Like that's kind of what everybody's been saying all year is that hey, Chris Kreider, yeah, he can score goals, but they're they're mostly on the power play, and if he's not going to get the, the you know, if, if the other team is able to shut down that power play, he's not nearly as effective five on five. And that has proven to be true. I mean, the, the Rangers just can't score uh, only two goals in those two games and 10 the previous two. So it's been, but it's been close, right? Like it's been a, a three to one, two to one games. They, they've all been winnable for uh, for the Rangers, but. Uh, you know, and and really, they both been one goal games because there was an empty net goal uh, that Platt had in uh, Game Four. So, I mean, they were tight games. I think it's just a matter of like, can the Rangers go back to what was allowing them to win, and that was stopping New Jersey from being able to control that speed game and really using their bodies. Like, I think that Jacob Truba is going to be so important here in Game Five. Uh, he is the engine. He's the guy that like gets everything going for this Rangers team. I expect that he comes out and uh, uses his body, uses his physicality to get something going here in game five because the Rangers need a shot in the arm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you 100%, right? I mean, they just they look lackluster. They look kind of lackadaisical, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so for me, yeah, you're right. It, they need energy, right? And they need guys like Barclay Goudreau to step up. Jacob Truba. They need guys, uh, you know, I mean, because let's face it, they don't have the fastest skating team. And we knew that coming in, right, that it was going to be basically the Rangers IQ and their, you know, I don't know if you want, what kind of game you want to call it, but their neutral zone shutdown game, uh, you know, 
taking, you know, turnovers and capitalizing on them versus New Jersey's speed, right? That's what New Jersey does so well. And so I think if, you know, Rangers can use the body a little bit, slow them down, chip in pucks and go in and dig them out, you know, Chris Kreider, man, he's, he's a big fella. There should be no reason why he can't win a lot of these 50-50 battles. But, um, you know, again, they need energy from guys like that to chip in and make yep. the difference, right? Yep. So turn and the series around. Game three and four, Schmid is the man. And uh, I, I think it's easy to forget that in game two, the Devils were up one nothing at the end of the first period. And it was really Shesterkin who held, them in, held the Rangers in. And, you know, then Tarasenko... And Kreider uh, scored a couple power play goals there in the in the second period, and and away we went. But that game, Shesterkin was far more important than than what you think. You know, you see five one, and you go, okay, well, whatever. But um, Shesterkin was crucial to that win. That game could have gotten away from them before they were given those opportunities. And I think he needs to. He has to be the best goalie in this series to win the to win, like. Schmid cannot outplay Shesterkin. And so far in those games three and four, he did. So uh, I think that all this, like we said, the very beginning of of our preview of this series, the Rangers' fortunes lie in Igor Shesterkin. Now, they, they do have a good offense, right? Like, they have good offensive players. But without Shesterkin allowing them to, to push the puck up ice because they don't have the speed coming back, he's got to be great. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Especially I mean, against the Devils. Right, because yeah, of the exactly. Devils' speed. Like, if they were playing somebody else who, uh, you know, if they were playing the Lightning here in the first round, I don't think that it would be the same type of matchup because the Lightning aren't fast, aren't as fast as the Devils. But because of the Devils' speed, because of that uniqueness, he just has to be great. Yeah, and I want to see Alex Lafreniere break out. I want to see Vincent Trocek break out a little bit because these are guys that, uh, only one point combined between the two of them right now. Um, they need to be better. Um, most of the, I mean, th- this Rangers team just needs to be better if they're going to win this series. And right now the Devils are doing everything they need to do to to take this series if they continue down this path. Okay, prediction for the series. Yeah, I'm going to still go Rangers, my original prediction, and in seven because I, I think ultimately it's just it's going to be a battle between these two teams. I think you know just, the Rangers are leading the NHL in goals against because of how well Sturgeon's played. And I think regardless where they're at home or away, it doesn't matter. I think it's it's they're going to get great goaltending from Igor, and uh, they just got to find a way to score. Okay, I'm sticking with the Devils. They, I you know, I picked them in seven. Here we are, best two out of three. Uh, I think that Jack Hughes is going to be better. I, like you can tell that they're they are still finding their like, hey, we're in the playoffs. This is different. Uh, you know, Hughes still three points in four games. It's not shabby. He's got three goals in the four games. Uh, but I still think their offense is figuring it out a little bit. So I, I'm still going Devils. I think they're they're getting better every game, and that's a that's a, an important thing to remember. And Schmied, baby, I'm riding the Schmied all the way. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's go to the Hurricanes and the Islanders. Uh, the Islanders staved off elimination by taking that uh, game four. So here we are. Or sorry, taking game five. And uh, here we are going back to New York, a 3-2 series for Carolina. And there are rumors that Frederick Anderson will be starting game six. I did hear that. So a goal, a little bit of a goalie controversy in Carolina uh, with them leading the series. And uh, what, what do you, what's your biggest surprise so far of the series though? Yeah, my biggest surprise is uh, honestly looking at the scoreboard. I mean, really that, Carolina has put up four goals, you know, twice in the series with a five to two in game four and a four to three in game two. Right. So they've been able to score enough goals uh, to win three of these games here. I, I, you know, for me, no Svechnikov, no, no Pacioretty, uh, you know, just that lack of offensive depth that I thought they were going to have issues with has not been a hindrance for them at all, in my opinion. Uh, they played their game and it's played, you know, they played the way they want to. And it doesn't seem to matter, you know, who who is in and out of the lineup right now. They're they're finding ways to win and finding ways to chip in. And so for me, that's the biggest surprise that they're able to put up a five and four spot uh, on a couple separate occasions. Now, oddly enough, the goals against and goals for for both these teams are exactly the same 2.8. So uh, no one has the edge as far as that's concerned. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, as far as, you know, the remainder of the series is concerned. 
Uh, on my uh, yes, I, I agree that yeah, Carolina they just play this like this system like they're just a machine. All right, let's. I mean, yes, Aho has been he's been fantastic. Uh, he you know he scored some big goals for Carolina, uh, but when you look at this, you look at the Hurricanes, you look at the Islanders. They both play very similar. They play a good system game, a good team game. But I think the thing that's surprising to me the most is. Kyle Paul Mary, where did he come from? <laughs> five points in five games. He's got two goals and three assists. He's been very good for the Islanders. Uh, even defensively, he's had some. Uh, he had an important clear out uh, towards the end of that game five. He, I mean, he's being relied upon and being put out in stressful situations up by a goal. And the you know you know I'll I'll say this. This is what this is what uh, I think just encapsulates the Islanders is that they're, they're up. They had a shot to uh, probably score in an empty net, but it was from the, it was from their own blue line. I don't remember who it was. And they just lightly shot it, you know, down to, down to like the, the, the circle uh, rather than taking a shot at the net and taking a shot at that goal. Like it was, it was ingrained in the mind. Like we don't need to score. We're just putting it down here, and that that ultimately closed out the game. And you know, if, if sometimes those those shots, you miss the shot, it goes back for icing. The team gets another opportunity rather than just playing the the chess game where it's you know let's let's just put it down into a a spot where they now have to skate it back up the ice and times times run out. So uh, I like the way that both teams are playing. This is like a true. Here's how to play hockey, uh, in a within a system, and both teams are doing it. The it looks like the Hurricanes still have, I think, the the better depth than the Islanders from top to bottom. They're a little faster, and Aho has been just better than Aho has been better than Horvat, and I think that that's a that's a big key in, in as to why the Hurricanes have that three two lead. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. I think, you know, oh man, it's, I, I didn't think this, the series would be this close in my opinion. I thought the Islanders were going to kind of run away with it a little bit as well as they were playing at the end of the, the year. But man, I, that, like you said, that system, man, it's, it's hard to beat. And, and, you know, on the flip side, uh, you know, Barzell, Bo Horvat, they, they have not looked that great. They haven't produced. Um, and I wonder, you know, if, if, if the Islanders do bow out, it's, at, you know, in the first round here, I wonder if they, you know, look back and like, man, why the frick did we sign Bo Horvat to that eight-year deal before seeing what he could do in the playoffs? Because man, it, it just hasn't looked good for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm also willing to go. Well, I mean, he comes over from a very loose team. Oh yeah, no, 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 no absolutely, you know? yeah, yeah. He'll be given every every it, chance. It takes a year to get to get yeah. used to systems in some cases, but still. Well, I have the Hurricanes in seven, so I, I'm going to stick with my Hurricanes pick. I, I think they could close this one out in New York, but uh, you know it's it's going to be it's going to be close. All these games have been have been pretty close, and uh, just it it just looks like the Hurricanes maybe beyond this series. You know, you're you're looking at that other series, the Devils and the Rangers. Yeah, you know, like and it's there. Is there any chance that either of these teams could beat either of those teams? And I don't know that the answer is yes, but hmm. yeah, I that, that I will be Islanders. for another show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I so I had the Islanders in six, and um, you know I am going to have to. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to say no because that's clearly not going to yeah. happen. Uh, I am going to go Carolina, though. I do think it is going to take seven games. I just again that system has just been too good against this Islander team. I think they'll they'll squeak something out at home for Game Six. I think maybe Sorokin steals it, but ultimately I think Carolina's system is just too much for the Islanders to handle. Yeah, I will say this: that even if the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Winnipeg Jets lose in Game Five, so those series close themselves out, that's still six of eight series going to a minimum of six games, and that's uh, it. Definitely shows the parity, but that just shows how I mean these playoffs have been. Uh, very exciting so far. Lots of lots of different types of series. Like you've got this one that's not robotic, but it's definitely like all right. Let's let's just watch a bunch of guys who know how to play hockey play hockey. And then you've got the 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 next series of the Bruins and Panthers. That's like all right. Let's just we all want to kill each other, but also we have incredible talent on on both teams. 
Um, and hey, by the way, Boston, let's just do it without Bergeron for a little while too. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then Boston's like, oh wait, on our third line we have Taylor Hall, who's going to go ahead and be like one of the top point producers in the playoffs so far. Five goals, eight points in five games. Five goals in five games, unbelievable. If it weren't for Leon Dreisaitl, we'd be everyone would be talking about Taylor Hall. Right. I'm um, sorry. I guess I'm jumping over to that series. Yeah, I was going to say, is this the perfect That's transition my, right I, now? Let's I, just let's talk Boston. It would have been the perfect transition had you not pointed it out. Oh, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's talk let's talk uh, Bruins Panthers. I think I think we know where we're we're both sticking with our with our uh, picks in the Hurricanes Islanders. So we'll we'll roll over the Bruins. I believe we both. No, you had the Panthers. I had the Panthers in seven. It's still alive. <laughs> still alive. Oh my! I. I mean, yeah. If Hallmark turns the puck over like that again, I might be okay. But. What's your biggest surprise? <laughs> oh, my biggest surprise has been how well Boston has played without Bergeron and Krejci at different points throughout the series, right? So um, you figured if, if you to, if you had told me like, hey, you know what? Um, at some point you're going to be without your number one center for a few games, and then you're going to lose your number two center and get a you know a not hundred percent number one center back, and you know. You're still going to be up three games to two in this series. I would have said, yeah, you're full of shit for any team, right? Um, but Boston, no, 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 fuck that. No, we've got Taylor Hall in the third line. We've got yep. our trophy winner. He's just going to go out and dominate. Uh, not to mention we've got, I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi, who looks like a machine, just playing so freaking good, uh, you know, with, with some of these guys. And, oh, we'll just we'll throw this this winger, Pavel Zach, and we'll put him back at his natural position at center. And Charlie Coyle is going to look freaking good, too, like he's worth more money than – uh, what we're paying him for when earlier this year we were ready to jettison him for cap savings. So, right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. He's, he has been very good. Uh, uh, but well, the Bruins, I think the Bruins have done what was expected of them, right? Like the Bruins are up three, two in the series, big whoop. Like they're up in the series. That's what they're supposed to do. They literally won 65 out of 82 games. That's dumb. <laughs> no team right. has ever gotten even close to that because they beat the record by three whole games, which is not insignificant. Uh, and and here here are the Panthers competing with. Uh, you know, I know that Lion was in and and Bobrovsky's played. Like, what are your thoughts on the Panthers and how they've been able to just no pun intended claw their way back into this series? Yeah, I, I think we, we saw it last night with Kachuk's goal, right? The Panthers don't squander their opportunities because they haven't had a ton of them, right? Uh, they're creating chances, but they're not getting a ton of quality chances, let's just say, right? I think, you know, watching, especially watching last night's game, Boston controlled play for a majority of that game. I don't think there's any question about that. And and I fully expected Boston when they were, you know, driving back and tied things up after, you know, the Panthers, had, you know, I, God, I can't remember who was in the box, um, and then, you know, and then five seconds later, Panthers go on the power play uh, right after Boston scores on the power play and then they get the lead back. Right. So it's those things where Bo- where to- or where Florida is capitalizing on every opportunity they get and they're not squandering anything because really against a team so good as Boston, even with, you know, Krejci out or, or Bergeron out at points, they're just still a freaking machine like Carolina where they can they can come in and roll over you no matter who's in and out of the lineup. Yeah, I man Matthew Kachuk has just been he's just a different it, there, there's no one like him in the league no other than maybe Brady Kachuk <laughs> I don't even think Brady's close to his level no no not not so. the level that he's at now no but he is older right so I mean right sure yeah um I this the goalie the goalie controversy is interesting to me. I mean, Alex Lyon's a guy who got them there. Uh, he, he plays game one. He plays okay. Uh, plays game two and wins it. And then plays game through it, three and loses it. So they turn it over to Bobrovsky. And I thought that after Bobrovsky gave up a five five or six spot in, uh, in what, game four, I thought, oh, man, man they'll, maybe they'll go back to Alex Lyon. And then they didn't. And, of course, Bobrovsky wins game five for the Panthers. And uh, he looks decent doing it and you oh, look great now i yeah. wonder you know i they've got to go keep keep riding the bobrovsky now i think i think they've officially gone hey alex thanks for the thanks for the regular season run we're gonna go to our 10 million dollar man now i think the right. alex lion run is over unless bobrovsky gets hurt 
No, I agree with you. It is over with. And I think even if I think if Bobrovsky gets hurt, I still think they go to they'll call up Spencer Knight, I think, and bring him up. Oh, you don't uh, think they'll go with Alex Lyon? <laughs> I don't think they would. No, uh, not at all. I don't know um, about but, that. I yeah, think but they, listen, I, I think, you know, again, Bobrovsky is the big name goaltender. He's been in those big situations, those elimination games. He knows what it takes. Uh, you know, I mean, he had that incredible run against uh, Tampa Bay all those shit. years ago and that, that sweep. So um, he knows how to get get over, you know, those big time offenses. And, you know, whether or not I think he's still capable of being a $10 million goaltender is a whole other question. Well, but I, think, he, I know, don't think anybody thinks that he's a $10 right. million goaltender, but that but just right happens now, to be what he's making. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, for right now, he, he has to be your guy. You have to, I mean, you have to ride or die with this guy at this point. And because, I mean, don't get me wrong. Alex Lyon was, he was fine. He got you there, like you mentioned, but he hasn't been good enough. He hasn't stolen any games yet. Uh, and for, you know, especially game two, that win they had six to three, right? He didn't look particularly dominating. And had he been dominating, I think, or even looked like he was playing at, you know, a really, really good level of, you know, goaltending, I would have said, okay, cool, keep riding him. Yeah. But it just hasn't been there. Yep. And there's, I mean, at that point, there was no reason not to go to Bobrovsky, and he looks he looks good when they, they do decide to go to him. Uh, your prediction for the rest of the way, you still got Panthers in seven? I still got I got to keep it, right? I think, you know, again, uh, you know, Luckily, having to go home for game six, even though I guess maybe in the playoffs, it, you know, for the whole NHL, it hasn't really meant much to be home ice. But um, I think Florida finds a way. And, um, you know, ultimately, it'd be, it would be fun for me to watch Boston lose in seven. OK, I, I, I had Boston in six, so uh, I will stick with that. Um, OK, the stars in the wild. Holy jump and Rupe hints is the uh, <laughs> he is the star of the show right now. Eleven points in five games. He has been phenomenal, leads leads the playoffs in points right now, four goals, seven assists, and he may uh, – he's not even Dallas's best player in this series. <laughs> That's what – at 11 points, Jake Ottinger has just, I think, officially become the man. Like He's now officially maybe the best goalie in the NHL. I don't know if I'd go that far, best goalie in the NHL, but um... – I'm still leaning with Shesterkin on that one, but I will say we knew Jake Ottinger was a player. We knew he was going to be good in the playoffs, right? And so um, that first game, you know, he looked good, not great, but looked good. You know, game two, again, looked good, not great, but game five just, you know, obviously gives up a few too many, but man, these last games four and five, he's shown why, why he's the guy, right? Why he's the playoff guy for this team. And I mean, you know, game five just was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, there, there's no doubt in my mind. There's there's why. I mean, there's a reason why he's he's the goaltender of the future for that team, and we've known for the last few years how good he can be in the playoffs. So um, yeah, he's but, just the goaltender for the team because right. just it's, the goaltender. Yeah, not the future anymore. It, we, well, the future is now for the Dallas right. Stars. This is, uh, I mean, this series has been, you know, Pavelski takes that hit. He's out for uh, for the entire series. And you think that that's going to be kind of like, ooh, how are they going to do this without Pavelski? And uh, man, they this well the well the Wild have had their moments. You look at like Kaprizov has just been completely blanketed. I mean, that guy is skating around and can, does not have any space to do anything. And I, I think that that's what you have to do to beat Minnesota if you can shut down Kapri, Kaprizov you're probably going to beat them in a seven-game series. Right. So here's the thing, too, right? So they, they know, obviously, he's the big-name weapon. Um, a rumor has it that Zuccarello and Hartman didn't skate this morning. Um, so who knows what – there'll be game-time decisions for, for this next game here, game six. So we don't even know if, you know, Minnesota's two top scores are going to be in there. Um, and rumor has it Joe Pavelski is traveling with the team, so he might get in for game six, too. I'm not really sure. We'll, uh, we'll see what has to go with that. But for me, the biggest surprise, right, hasn't necessarily been Kaprizov not scoring. It's been Tyler Sagan scoring, how well he stepped in. And he's looked like he fits in very, very nicely with that top line, uh, filling in for Joe Pavelski. And hopefully, you know, if Dallas wants to continue this run, um, you know, when, when Joe Pa does come back, he can continue that success when he is pushed down the lineup. It's almost like Rupe Hints and Jason Robertson are really good. <laughs> That's what I've taken. That's that's what I'm surprised about. No, <laughs> uh, no I mean this this series has been it's been fun. It's been very physical. Vi- like lots of hate between these two teams. You gotta love that. And uh, I I just think 
Dallas clearly has that depth advantage over Minnesota. Gustav Nyquist has been a, a nice addition. You know, four or four helpers here in these five games. He's he's been really good for Minnesota. I I actually think that there's a chance that Nyquist maybe ends up signing with Minnesota because it seems like he's a pretty good fit. Uh, so you know you you find the things that the small wins maybe uh, within a potential loss of the series. I. I don't personally see Minnesota winning another game. I think that this one's over. I called Dallas in six in our predictions, and I'm sticking with Dallas in six. Yeah, I called Dallas in seven, and I think I'm probably with you. I think they're going to do it in six. Uh, my biggest concern, and looking at it in the faceoff dot right, I, I said this going into this series, and I really said it going into this year, what Minnesota needed was a big-name centerman. Um, you know, Now it's it's rearing its head even more with, you know, potentially Ryan Hartman being out. But now they just, you know, Minnesota's the worst team in the NHL in these playoffs when it comes to the faceoff circle. And if you're not controlling the puck off the faceoff, right, especially in the defensive zone, you're giving Dallas, who's the best in the league at the faceoff, an opportunity uh, to, to, you know, put one home. And uh, that's the last thing you want to do. Yep. Yep. 100%. And, you know, it doesn't help that their goaltender has just been wildly better overall than Minnesota's both, both of Minnesota's goaltenders. Yeah. Don't even throw flower back in there. No, 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 he's done. Not necessarily done. Like not necessarily like, Hey, you should retire, but he no, just, no, no. he just didn't look good in game two. So I, I yeah, I, I don't see how you go back to him. Um, but what's, what's uh, his contract with the Minnesota wild. Does he just have a one year deal? He no, he's that, got one more year. I think at he three does, five. Yeah, he but. does have one more. Yeah, one more year. So that that is going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Is that hey, you know, he's he's not getting those starts in the playoffs, and instead you're starting your younger goaltender. You know, is this going to be a case where Mark Andre Fleury gets dealt again, or is he just going to be more or less happy to just kind of be a one B, and he understands that now? That well, that'll just be something to watch. He does have a no-move clause, right? So uh, that'll be interesting. But, I mean, when you look at it, right, you've got to re-sign Gustafson. Now he's going to want some money. He's an RFA. Um, you know, and you've got, you know, J- Jesper Wallstedt coming in. Uh, you know, the, the young guy they drafted in the first round two years ago. Uh, you know, I, I think he's he is going to be – I mean, this is going to be great to have a couple young guys in net for this team. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they try to get Flurry out of there this summer to, to create a little cap space because they're a little tied up. So yeah, all right, we'll, uh, we'll you know, of course get to that as uh, as things move along. Who knows? Minnesota might win Game Six and Seven, and uh, we'll all just be eating crow. Uh, let's go to the most unexpected series thus far, at least the result. I think uh, for most people, uh, this definitely was one of those like ten out of ten are picking the Avalanche to win. And yet the Kraken have a 3-2 series lead. And Philip Grubauer looks like Igor Shesterkin. <laughs> I mean, not quite, but yeah. He, he, <laughs> he's he been pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah, 918, that's uh, that's good enough. He's, right? he's been I mean, very that's what good. you want out of a guy like that. Yep. He seems to have their number. In, in Somebody Gordia. with like an 8-9 save percent, 8-90 save percentage on... Uh, big games yeah it's he's he's been really good yeah yeah I, w- I would absolutely agree with you and i think to me that's my biggest surprise in the series is that seattle is getting goaltending because like you said you looked at you know what what martin jones and and philip grubauer were giving them in the regular seasons and i i thought okay cool they're gonna get 890 percentage out of both these guys in the playoffs going up against a team like you know colorado um man they're gonna be you know, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And that's why I picked Colorado on five to start the series. I, you know, again, didn't think they were going to get goaltending. And what do you know, right? They do just the opposite. Because we knew, you know, we knew Seattle had a balanced offensive, you know, unit up front. They were going to roll three lines, you know, basically equal like 17, 18 minutes each a night, um, you know, and chip in that fourth line, you know, once, you know, every, you know, six or seven shifts, whatever. Um, but, yeah, this, this, this goaltending for Seattle is, is gotten it done. Yeah, and uh, especially you know, I was talking, I was talking them up in their in our uh, preview of the series, talking about how important Ty Cartier would be to the uh, to the Seattle Kraken's success here in the playoffs, and <laughs> he, he goes out and proves me right, he plays a yeah. solid 
8 minutes and 41 seconds, gets one shot on net, and what do you know, it goes in. The 21-year-old from Kingston, Ontario, Ty Kirchner. First NHL goal. What a goal to have. (laughs) First NHL shot. First (laughs) NHL game. (laughs) And he scores his first NHL goal. Um, Yeah, what a... I saw that he's that Ty Car- I, I I wasn't watching the game at the time, and I see you know I go to check the score and I see Ty Cartier, and I was like, "Am I just having like a brain fart? Do I like is this like a prospect that I should know of?" And no, it's not at all. Like NHL, I whatever app I was using, Hockey Reference, when I went to his page, it was like some FAQ about him, and it was like. What year was he born? Oh, Ty Cartier was born in on April 30th, 2001. It didn't even have a bio. It just had some weird AI produced FAQ about the guy. Never seen it before. And yeah, here here he is scoring a, a huge goal that ultimately was the, you know, the second of three goals for the the Kraken. And they win game 5, 3 to 2. But I guess that's, you know, that's how you got to do it. You got to have if you're going to win in the playoffs, sometimes you have to have unexpected heroes, and Ty Cartier fits that bill <laughs> very well. Uh, I guess I guess we got to go to the Avalanche and say like, in is anything really going wrong, or is it really just you know they're kind of down their big horse in Landeskog? They didn't have Makar like. They're just kind of hampered by injuries, and it's it's just been it's too much right now. Well, I mean, first off, I'll look. You know, when you say without Makar, right, the first thing I think of is that power play unit, right? All that offensive power they should have. They're eight point three percent on the power play. They've scored one power play goal in this series. That's not good enough, in my opinion, if you're Colorado, right? Regardless, if you don't have Makar there for Game Five, or you don't have Landeskog this series, you have enough talent on this team to get it done, right? I mean. So looking at the regular season power play, uh, Colorado was sixth in the league at 24.5%. So they should be able to get it done, right? I mean, Seattle, gosh, what was their – I wonder what their penalty kill was in the regular season. I just want to take a peek at this. Oh, yeah, they were sitting towards the bottom at 76%. So yeah. how the frick are they doing this? I mean, really, the way they're doing it is they're attacking. Seattle is – they've got legs. They're attacking. And Colorado just – I don't know. They just don't have the answers well, right and, now. And they're playing – so loose, they've got absolutely nothing to lose, and that right. is that's that's dangerous. On top of that, they do have a lot of depth. They've got more depth top to bottom than Colorado does, and you know, well, that top end is far superior to Seattle's. Even I, I don't think that Seattle really has a quote top end. They have players that are at the top of their roster, but they don't have players that are going to lead have any shot at leading the league in scoring kind of thing. Like, yes, Jared McCann had a nice season. He's a good player. Uh, is he, is he like the guy on any particular team? No, probably not. Uh, but he fits very well into the system. They've found guys who fit with what Dave Haxtell's doing and Hey, it's working right now. And they're on a dream run. They could win a series in Seattle in their first, uh, first ever playoff series. Uh, that'll be played on what Friday night. So, uh, I mean, it'll be it'll be crazy if they can pull that off. Does Colorado, though? You know, the defending Stanley Cup champions. I gotta think they've got another, uh, like the ability to pull one out of the hat and send this one back to Colorado for Game Seven. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so, right? We, we've looked at McKinnon, who I've, I've watched at times in the series where he looks like he's he's ready to pull a Connor McDavid and just take over a series, right? Or Leon Dreisaitl and just take over the game, right? But six points through five games has been okay. It's been good, but not good enough okay. to, you know. Six yeah. points in five yeah. games, just not, not good enough. Sorry, yeah, not, not good, good enough, enough to, when you don't have other players. Uh, <laughs> like, you have to do everything. Yeah, they're playing him 23 minutes a game, and that's probably going to continue, right? So I think... You know, between him and, and Ranton, and I think those guys are going to find a way to ramp it up, I think, just a little bit more. Um, and, you know, I, I do think they'll at least get one out of this series. Whether or not they can pull, you know, two more out of their hat, I don't know if they have the depth for that because, you know, I think 
Seattle, they, they've got the legs, and I think they can keep up with, with these two guys at least skating with them. Whether or not they can completely shut them down for two games is another story. But, you know, I think eventually Colorado, between these two games, one of the games they're going to have to lean on, uh, you know, guys like uh, JT Comps or, you know, the uh, Chuskin. These guys are going to have to step up a little bit more and, and produce to, you know, give Colorado, you know, that game they need to, to get over that hump and get past this Seattle team. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, between Rantanen and McKinnon, they've got eight goals in five games between those two guys. I mean, that's more than enough. <laughs> that should be enough uh, for the rest of your lineup. But, unfortunately, they don't have that uh, that depth right now. And, and six more goals between everybody else on the team. Right, right. So, so there it is. Yep. And uh, we'll see. Can Philip Grubauer close this one out and burn his old team? That's what we'll we'll find out. I, th- I think we've got um, – oh, sorry, predictions. Where do you think that yeah. series is going? Yeah, we both took Colorado uh, pre-series, but, you know, I, I took him in five. Obviously, that's not happening, but yeah, I'm still I had him in six. With, so. Yeah, I'm still going to stick with Colorado, but I'll say it'll take all seven games, obviously. So, Okay. Um, I'm, I think I'm – I think for for this one, this is this is where I'll go. I'll I'll start it like this: If Seattle's going to win this series, I think they got to do it tonight, or, uh, uh, Friday night. I think they need to win in Seattle. I think if it goes back to Colorado, it's done. Uh, Colorado takes it in seven. So I actually think that Seattle's going to pull it off. Oh, I think boy. they're going to win it in six. I I will uh, go against my prediction of Colorado. So, uh, but again, if they lose this game, then I think Colorado wins in seven. So. That's, I love it. That's where I'm at. We have one more series left, and that is the Oilers and the Kings. 3-2 Oilers lead, and uh, this series has been, uh, I mean, the Kings are probably the perfect matchup against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl because of uh, Kopitar and Deneau, but it has not been enough to uh, you know stave off what the Oilers are doing, and the Oilers lead this series 3-2 going back to LA what what was your biggest surprise of this series so far oh yeah this one this one took a minute for me to to come up with but honestly I I just think to me the biggest surprise is gotta be um just how Edmonton still can't find any goaltending right I don't get me wrong I think you know again Stuart Skinner's been okay but eh, just not good enough for me right and you, you think as well as he was playing and as well as you know this team look with Matthias Ekholm running down the stretch. They just look like a defensive juggernaut. Well, I shouldn't say defensive juggernaut, but they were keeping the goals down like a defensive juggernaut and putting up, I mean, you know, 10 spots almost every game. Right. So, yeah, I figured this series was going to take a turn uh, pretty quick. Now the question is, you know, I think Stuart Skinner is still going to be the guy in game six, but if he falters a little bit, do you go to Jack Campbell at all? Because he looked good in the one game where he came in and yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I mean that's my yeah. biggest surprise is that they didn't stick with Jack Campbell after that because of how well he played. And I mean it, it, it turned out you know it worked out. Stuart Skinner played pretty well in game uh, in game five. They won the game. You know six to three outcome. Uh, I mean the Kings were they they managed to come back. They were down, you know, they were down three two, and uh, or I guess they were down two nothing, then two one, then three one, uh, made it three two. But the the Kings were were pressing, uh, but he held he held them in there. He was good enough to win, I'll say. Uh, but Campbell was really good in the in the one game where they were able to come back, and I personally I was just surprised that they didn't go well. Let's let's go Campbell and let's see what happens here. So obviously they trust Skinner far more than they trust Campbell. But. Yeah, I, I can't say I blame them too much, right? Because he's the guy that got you there, essentially. Sure. Because at, at one point, we, we looked at Edmonton before they made the switch to Skinner, and, and they were sitting outside the playoffs, and we, we knew eventually Connor McDavid and Settle would drag them in somehow. Um, but Skinner showed up and, and gave them competent goaltending. And, um, you know, on the flip side of that, right, you look at L.A.'s goaltending, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been good. I, I, I can't say, you know, Corpus Allo's looked look decent for, you know, a few games. Obviously not the last game Phoenix Copley comes in. Yeah. Uh, but, really, they weren't even like, he hadn't even given up a ton of goals. I think it was after he'd only given up four four or five. So, um, you know, it didn't look that bad. But I think they just pulled him because they, you know, essentially just needed to um, shake things up and just get a, you know, just basically try to shake up that lineup. And, hey, and let's, he's let's been playing a lot down the stretch, so you, right. you like makes sense. If you if Give you're not rest. you're not there, yeah, you might as well rest him. Don't risk injury. You need him 
for game number six if you've got any shot i think of of beating yeah he has to be your best player right yeah i mean we know i think i think philip Deneau and and kopitar are still going to do their best to shut down mcdavid and adrian kempe has been really good yeah yeah seven points and four goals like he's he's done exactly what he's done in the regular season and that's just go out and score goals yeah and that's what you want a guy like that to do right so um you know maybe you get a little bit more out of uh you know, Drew Doughty and, you know, gosh, maybe Trevor Moore. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind seeing a bit more out of him or, or Byfield. But, you know, ultimately, I think, you know, this this Kings forward group is, is played good enough. Uh, they just need, I think, to, you know, find a way to shut down Dreisaitl and, and McDavid these last two games, not necessarily keep them off the score sheet completely, but minimize the damage. And, and That's the Corpusalo. trick, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's, the, that's always the trick with the Oilers. Yeah, uh, where where do you think this series is going? What do you I you picked the Oilers to win, as did I. Uh, I picked the Oilers in the seven, so I, I feel like I should probably just stick with that. <laughs> Plus, it would be fun to see the series go to seven games. It's yeah, been a great it? series. It maybe has been uh, the most entertaining series thus far. Yeah, um, to be honest, I picked the Oilers in six, and I think I'll probably oh. just stick with that. Stick with um, it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know what? I I think. It, you know, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl have found a, another level here these last couple games. And, um, you know, if, if they can get decent goaltending out of Stuart Skinner, um, you know, I, I just don't think, you know, Los Angeles has got enough firepower to keep up if it turns out to be another 5-4 type of game. Um, I just think Edmonton will, will have the better of them if they have to go to a shootout. All right. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'll, and like I said, I'm, I'll, I'll stick with my Oilers in seven. It'll be fun if, if the Kings can pull off this game of five and, and everyone can sweat uh, for, for a little bit. But it's been a great series. And no, no doubt the Kings are, I think last year when the Kings were playing the Oilers, it was more or less like, wow, cool, the Kings got in. And they're like, hey, look at they're competing against the Oilers. This is pretty cute. And the Oilers still ended up winning in seven games. They gave them the sweat. This series has been more like, oh, shoot, we have to go against the Kings. Uh, right. The Kings are good. And probably if they had pulled someone like Winnipeg or, you know, if they had if they had pulled a lesser team, they, they'd likely be winning the series. Like they are, they're probably better than at least half the teams that made the playoffs in the Western conference. So this is no slouch and the Kings are clearly on the, they're on the rise. Uh, they're an interesting team because of their, you know, they also have some very good veterans as well. So obviously they're not necessarily getting better by, by the day they're, they're going to continually to, to slow down, but uh, the Kings are in, in a pretty good spot. You know, I could see next year, the Kings being the team that, you know, they make one more change and, and they're able to kind of take that next step and who knows, they could still win this series. They're still in it. Um, but I think the Oilers ultimately, I think everyone just wants to see the Oilers and see McDavid go on a long run because they're just so fun to watch and it's good for the game to to have your best player going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it was funny. They were, there's a a website called money puck where they're updating, um, you know, for the listeners who don't know what that is, they're, they're basically advanced statistics and they're updating the odds almost daily on Twitter uh, as far as Stanley cup winning odds. Right. And they still have Edmonton at the top. Um, being as close of a series as it has been, it, it is a little surprising to me that Edmonton is still number one on that list. Um, you know, I figured, you know, maybe a team like Boston would have been up there. But uh, surprisingly, too, though, number two is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you'll be happy to know that. Oh, good. Well, that's just because they know Leafs fans will bet on their team, I guess. <laughs> I don't maybe know so. who who is going, I'm going to bet on the Leafs. No. <laughs> no well, when you got to go through Boston next, potentially, right? I mean, gosh, oh. Yeah, that's uh, almost a, that's more scary than Tampa, I think. But we'll see. I am mildly giddy for the potential of an Oilers Golden Knights series because oh. that is going to be unbelievable. Uh, Mark Stone, Connor McDavid. I mean, come on, Jack Eichel. Oh, it's going to be good. Uh, that's at least according to my predictions. That's what that's what we'll be seeing. You know, that's obviously not in stone right now, but that's that's what I think will end up happening. So. Um, Justin, any final thoughts before we call it today and I go and uh, nervously crunch on my nails for the next three hours as the Leafs try and win game five? Yeah, first off, I mean, I'll just say it would be great to see uh, Eichel McDavid play each other in the next round just because they they went one and two in the draft in 2015. So that would be a fun storyline. 
But uh, more importantly, I'm going home to watch the NFL draft tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, so for those who don't follow football, it is tonight. Um, you know, my Lions have um, number six. I, I, yeah, Let's I, go. they have this, the sixth overall pick. And with Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC North now, I think the Lions actually have a shot at winning the division this year. Uh, so that will be a lot of fun to watch, um, you know, for when I'm not watching hockey, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, of course, of course. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, the draft is an easy one to have, like, on the side or just, like, follow as it's going on Twitter and stuff. So Exactly. Yep. I will have the iPad with the draft on, yep. watching that and watching hockey on the TV. So it'll be great. I'll check it during the intermission. There you go. I, I, I can't. I can't do two things at once, and and have like and have kids. You know, my, ah, my see, kids. Are, kid I can't thing. Do yep. That. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that's our show. You can find us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you think of our playoff predictions. You can give us yours and uh, tell us how wrong we are. And if you're listening to this and you know you already know the outcome of some of the games, uh, just just have some grace on us because we don't. We don't know the future. Uh, Justin, have a good rest of your night to our listeners. Enjoy your day, and we'll talk to you soon.